Hey everyone, this is Jason Shepard, and you're listening to the Instrument Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. The truth about holding patterns. Hey everyone, this is Jason Shepard here of M0A.com. You are listening to the Instrument Pilot Podcast, brought to you by the Ground School Academy, the number one rated online ground school. Visit groundschoolacademy.com to become a member today and get access to 4K ultra high def flight train videos for private and instrument pilot, weekly workshop webinars, monthly mock check rides, thousands upon thousands of check rides passed. In fact, pass your check ride or I'll pay for it. Same goes for the written test. Pass your written test or I'll pay for it. Today's topic is the truth about holding patterns. Before we get to that, I wanna remind you, if you will be at EAA Air Venture Oshkosh, will be in Hangar B, Hangar Bravo, right when you walk in, just slightly to the right. We have a nice big booth. You'll see us over there. I'll be there all week. Uh, our good friend Ariel Tweedo from Flying Wild Alaska will be joining us towards the end of the week. Seminars, giveaways, lots of great stuff. Visit m0a.com to see our full seminar and giveaway schedule. And do come by Hangar B and say, hey, Jason, I like this new podcast series stuff you're doing. Really, uh, your words of encouragement certainly keep us going. Thank you for making this five podcast series number one in the aviation category on iTunes. We greatly uh, appreciate that. It's your listenership, your reviews, everything else that keep us going and keep us at the top of the charts in iTunes. That's certainly no small accomplishment. Today's topic is the truth about holding patterns. You know, oftentimes we, we hear about holds, we, we practice holds, and, and honestly, it is a very difficult subject to grasp. It's one of the things that makes instrument flying so difficult. The approaches are hard, the you know, emergency procedures are hard, but holds are one of those things that are just a hard thing to understand. I was going to say a hard thing to get a hold of, but that would a really bad pun. But you know what I mean. It's difficult to understand a hold. Let's first talk, why do we have holding patterns? Well, truth be told, there's, there's two big reasons for them. There's, there's probably four or five others we can come up with, but they're certainly secondary to these two reasons. The first is, keep in mind, on an instrument approach, there can only legally be one aircraft cleared for that approach at a time. This is why any of you who've done any instrument flying have heard a controller say when you're practicing in VFR conditions, hey, uh, either cancel with me now or cancel with me down on the ground. And you wonder, geez, why are they, why are they in such a rush to get rid of me? Because with you continuing on an actual IFR flight plan on this approach, they cannot vector the next airplane onto that approach until you've actually canceled. In fact, if you land, shot the approach successfully and didn't call them back to cancel, this is assuming you're flying into an uncontrolled pilot-controlled airport, they couldn't vector anybody until you made that, made that phone call. They couldn't vector anybody onto that approach. Those people would be in a holding pattern as they wait for that approach. 
You'll see this happen oftentimes in New York or out in LA on a poor weather day. They'll literally put the aircraft, our commercial air carriers, in holding patterns spaced out vertically about a thousand feet and, and literally they'll hold and they'll all descend a thousand feet at a time. They'll vector each plane down to descend a thousand feet until they're at the approach altitude, then they shoot their approaches on in. You wonder why planes get delayed? Well, weather plays a big role in it because we can only have one aircraft per approach in there. And the controllers are normally very good about time and approaches for everybody and vectoring you out so you don't have to be put in a holding pattern. But during the busier times, you know, the airways have rush hour too, the 8, 9 a.m., you know, 4, 5 p.m. type stuff are busy in the airways as well. That's one of the reasons we have holds, because one aircraft can be on an instrument approach at a time. Another reason we have holds that we don't think about a lot, what if you were to lose radio communications? Well, hopefully, and I can do a whole podcast about this in the future, we remember why and what we do if we were to lose radio communications. Well, one of the things is I'm supposed to arrive when I'm expected. I may be running ahead of schedule. Well, they've literally, when you file a flight plan, you tell them when you're going to be there, the controllers work their best to leave a window open for you, knowing that there's one airplane per approach. So if you were to arrive early and you've lost radio communications, just because you're there early doesn't mean you can go blazing in, not talking to anybody, early, because they may have other aircraft ahead of you. So what we're instructed to do is go to the published hold that's hopefully on that approach and execute that hold until we can time it where we can arrive and land and touch down at the airport of our expected time that we filed on our flight plan. This is why it's important to not be all willy-nilly about your flight times. A lot of times in our VFR days, we would file a flight plan, say an hour flight, we'd put down it would take us two hours. That way, you know, no one came looking for us uh, if we forgot to you know, close our flight plan. I think we've all done that before. You give a little buffer room on there. But no, an IFR flying is so important to get that exact time, that proper time down there. You're talking to people anyway, so they can always adjust it for you, if not. But let me share with you some truth about holding patterns that you may not actually realize. And here it is. ATC doesn't care how you enter a hold. I know that may come as a shock, but ATC could care less. In fact, the majority of the controllers, if you talk to them and say, hey, what's your opinion on the difference between a teardrop and a parallel entry? They're gonna look at you and go, what are you talking about? Because it's us, the pilots, that get so hung up on, you need to make a direct entry or a teardrop entry or a parallel entry. See, all a controller cares about is, do you maintain your block of altitude I've given you? And can you stay on the protected side of this hold that I've given you or the hold that's published? They could care less how you get in the hold. As long as you stay at the altitude requested and do it on the protected side of the hold. I have never had a controller say, well, you know, Mr. Shepard, you really should have made a parallel entry there and you made a teardrop instead. You know, here's a phone number to call. No. Half of them don't even know, unless they're pilots themselves, about the different types of entries and everything else. As long as you stay on that protected side, you are A-OK. -okay. Controllers don't care how you enter the hold. I'll tell you who does care here in a second. Second truth here, though, is this. I am about to pass 10,000 hours of flight time. About 9,000 hours of it is dual given flight instruction to students. 
in almost 10,000 hours, I have never, ever been issued a hold. Now, granted, I, I most of my flying's around Florida, but trust me, I've, I've flown through New, New York's VFR corridor. I've flown through Los Angeles' VFR corridor, heading to Catalina Island. I've been, you know, coast to coast, you know, from, from Mexico to Canada and from East Coast to West Coast. And Cessna 150s, Cessna 172s, all Eclipse jet, all sorts of imaginable aircraft. Um, been to almost all 50 states doing general aviation. Never been requested to hold. The only time I've done holds is when I've requested to do them. Hey, I want to fly the full approach. Or, hey, can you give me a hold? A lot of times they just want to give you the publish hold. They, they don't want to get creative sometimes and make up a hold. They, they rely on me to do that sometimes. But I've requested plenty of holds. But I have never been issued a hold. I've been in some crummy weather conditions where some other aircraft have been on the approach. And rather than give me a hold, they usually just vector me out a little bit further. I'm a slow airplane. You know, a lot of times who gets the hold are the big guys, the jets who are really cruising along with me. Oh, they can just vector me 10 degrees left and they can add a whole 15 minutes of of spacing just by something so simple because I'm only hurdling 110 knots through the air in my Cessna 172, assuming it's a good, you know, calm wind day or a little bit of a tailwind usually. So holds... Don't come out all too often. Now, obviously, if you're listening to this, you're an aspiring airline pilot, you're going to do a lot of holds. Um, but even my checkride examiner, who does my, my personal check rides, he did way, way back, you know, geez, 10, 15 years ago, as well as now does my students' check rides. On the instrument pilot check rides, he always asks students, he goes, here's a question for you. How many holds do you think I've ever done? This guy has been a pilot for DHL. I mean, he's been all over the place. Private pilot for some, some famous celebrities. Um, He's done two holds in his entire life. He's got probably 10,000 more hours than I do and has flown some heavy stuff for DHL and everything else. Holds are not as popular in real-world application as you may think. Now, here's what you need to realize, though. Your checkride examiner will make you do a hold on your instrument pilot checkride. Although you may never do a hold in real life, your checkride examiner is going to make you do one. And here's the real kicker. Your checkride examiner is going to care how you enter that hold. I know it stinks, but you're going to have to demonstrate a hold and your checkride examiner is going to care. Did you make the right decision between a teardrop and a parallel or direct and whatever it may be? Obviously, and I can talk about entries here in a second, but they will care how you do it and they're going to make you do it. So this is why I believe it's so important for you to know how to hold published, meaning holds that are published right in front of you on your approach plates. Those are usually the easy ones because nine times out of 10, when you go missed and there's a hold, they set you up for a nice, easy direct entry. But know how to hold unpublished as well, meaning they just say, hey, hold east of XVOR on the zero, not, you know, whatever radial, uh, and they give you that, that, you know, three-mile legs or five-mile legs or they don't give you anything, just standard, a nice standard holding pattern uh, with, you know, one-minute legs. Whatever it may be, you've got to know that. You've got to know on your Garmin 430 or G1000, whatever it may be, how you can draw that vector and draw that holding pattern across whatever fix it is, a VOR, intersection. You can do that. Certainly would be hard for me to explain it for you 
via podcast right now, but I'd be happy to show it to you maybe in a future video. You've got to know how to draw that line though, and you can do that on our latest and greatest GPS technology for sure. You know, holds are a skill that erodes very quickly. The principle of disuse sneaks in greatly on holds. Now we're told we need to do six full approaches within six months, which includes, includes navigating and holding procedures. It doesn't say six holds, it just says holding procedures. So you could be real spoiled and just go file and go missed and do the published hold with a nice easy direct entry, do your one lap and say I'm good. Or you could do some unpublished holds and really truly challenge yourself. You know, because really the most important reason I believe for holds and to practice holds is for those lost comm procedures. And I'll do a whole podcast on lost comm procedures here in the future. But really the most important reason I believe is for those lost comm procedures. You've got enough things going against you. You don't need to be fumbling around trying to figure out how to enter a hold and how to do a holding pattern, how to stay on the protected side. And is it five mile legs? Is it 60 second legs? What is it? The skill of getting in and out of holds and staying in holds, which is a, a skill in itself, timing those legs so they end up being 60 seconds or whatever it may be, is a skill in itself that erodes very quickly. My challenge to you is to practice holds. I know I just told you that you're not gonna do a whole lot of them, but that man, that one time you have to do them, you'll be awfully, awfully thankful that you did. Trust me. Let's talk for a second about holding entries, then we'll kind of wrap this thing up here. Direct teardrop parallel. Obviously, direct entry is my preferred entry, followed by teardrop, then lastly, parallel. In fact, in 90% of the cases where you're debating between, well, I could make a teardrop, I could make a parallel, I find for me personally, a teardrop entry to be easier than a parallel entry. It's a much it's a larger turn, but it's a much more gradual turn than trying to make that tight turn off a parallel entry. And there's less chance of drift to the unprotected side of my hold when doing a teardrop entry. Obviously I want direct entry, but if I'm given the option, I'm gonna pick teardrop nine times out of 10. I mean, it would have to be so specific and, and, and so obvious that it's a parallel entry uh, because other than that, I'm doing a, a teardrop entry. And you can make an argument for either one. In most cases, I know they do the whole, you know, thumb method and everything else. A lot of that stuff you can just eyeball. Because a, a checkride examiner, they want to see you stay on the protected side just like ATC does. But they're not going to fail you because you chose a teardrop when you should have chose a parallel. They are going to want you to make the right decision. They are going to want you to stay on the protected side. They are going to want you to understand how to, they want to see your decision-making process on how to enter that hold. They're not going to fault you for that. Now, if you do something really dumb, like make a teardrop when you could have just made a direct entry, that's going to be a little bit of a red flag. But to the argument of flipping a coin between a teardrop and a parallel, there's not going to be too much of a difference. We have a very popular video. It is a old, old video. You're going to look at the video and say, man, Jason, were you 12 years old when you did this video? on holding procedures. I believe it's holding patterns made easy or holding procedures made easy. It's a very old video, don't laugh. Um, I do look like I'm 12 years old in it, but it's certain you can tell how far m0a.com videos and quality uh, has come, but the teaching is still that same great teach and you can go pull that up uh, as well to kind of learn more about how I teach how to enter into holding patterns. But the two big truths is, 
ATC doesn't care how you enter, as long as you stay on the protected side and maintain your altitude, and chances are slim that you're gonna be issued a hold in real life, short of asking for one. So those are the two truths about holding patterns in IFR conditions. Remember Oshkosh, guys. We will be in Hangar B, Hangar Bravo. Watch for us, same spot we were last year and the year before. Watch for us there. Also, go on m0a.com to see our seminar speaking schedule, which kicks off Thursday. Uh, I, I, we're doing like seven or eight talks, as well as a ton of great giveaways, including shirts, movie posters, so many great things. Ariel Tweedo, a good friend of ours will be from Flying Wild Alaska, will be in our booth towards the end of the week doing seminars with us and just hanging out. So our booth will be the place to be, I promise you. So Hangar B, Hangar Bravo, come by, say hi, and do check out m0a.com for our speaking and giveaway schedule. Thanks so much for making these podcasts the number one rated podcast in the aviation category on iTunes. It truly means a lot. So excited to meet so many of you at EAA AirVenture Oshkosh. Guys, enjoy the rest of your day, and most importantly, remember, a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. See ya.